Good morning. We are grateful that you are here this morning. I knew or had a feeling that our numbers would be down a little bit. Uh, we know that there are many people who are away with family who are traveling. We also know there are many who are sort of quarantining at this time. Maybe it's uh, an exposure to COVID. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's the flu. But we've got a lot of folks who are out and having to stay home just simply out of caution. And so I figured we would have uh, several who would be out today. And our numbers would be down a little bit. But we're thankful that we still have a decent crowd and that many of you are here, several visitors in our audience. It's always uh, thankful for those who are able to be with us that often aren't. When we're able to see Marvin, it's always an encouragement. We're thankful Miss Sally Breyer is able to be with us today and has not been able to for a good while. We've got many visitors. Maybe it's your, your first time or you visit from time to time, but we're thankful that you are here. I was thinking even a few minutes ago uh, that, you know, most congregations support missionaries and maybe you see them once a year, maybe you don't uh, because of their living in different places. But we're very blessed here that one of the missionary uh, works that we support is Luxon and Erica and the work that they do down in Haiti. And we're thankful when they are around and able to visit with us from time to time. And so we always try to mention that, especially because many of you uh, have done things for that work or have uh, supported that, at least monetarily. And whenever they're with us, we like to point that out. If you have any questions about the work that's going on, uh, we're thankful when, when they are here and when we can see them and, and get to learn about that, that good work with every eye we'll see him. This morning, uh, as we get ready to begin, just a couple of other notes. We hope that you had a great holiday with your family yesterday. If you were able to be with family, some aren't. Some suffer loss during this time of year, and we're mindful of that. But we hope that you've enjoyed the holidays so far and are careful if you have traveled or, of course, will be traveling in the next few days. I wanted to make mention as well this morning as we begin that this is the last week. We're down to the last few days here before our banner that's out there on the wall, I guess, will come down at the end of this year. Many of you have been doing a great job uh, reading through the Bible and marking down, signing the banner out there as you've completed a book, uh, and we're thankful for that. The suggestion has been made if we were supposed to check names off and see if there was a winner. I think Buford's read it through like four or five times, so I don't know if anybody's going to catch him, uh, but many people have been reading that and signing that, and we're, we're thankful for that encouragement, and if you just want to give you a reminder that if you are trying to finish up, uh, like many are sometimes catching up on the holidays through finishing those books and maybe reading through the Bible this year, uh, then please uh, take the opportunity to do that and sign your name to the banner as you complete those books. I wanted to make mention as well that this afternoon, if you'll be back with us at 1.30 for our service, Jerry mentioned many of us stay and have lunch and, and try to bring food and have a bit of a potluck every Sunday. If you'd like to stay or run out and grab you something fast, fast food and come back and visit with us. But either way, whether you go home or not or go out to eat or not, you can hopefully be back with us at 1.30. If you have your bulletin in front of you and you may have been looking at the titles and the lessons for today, uh, we're going to go through a bit of a different order of service this afternoon. Uh, Clayton's going to be leading singing with us, so since he belongs to me, I got to make him the guinea pig and just force him into this. Uh, but many of you are familiar, some places do this from time to time, but we're going to have a couple of songs, and then we'll make a point through those songs, and then we'll sing another song and make a few more points. And, and most of the things that we usually do in our service will be there, but maybe just a bit of a different order than we're used to. But hopefully that'll be encouraging sort of puts a theme to the songs. Many of our song leaders do that. Uh, Brian and Charles and others try to ask sometimes and have those themes, but this is a little different than we're used to, but we hope you can be a part of our afternoon services at 1.30. As we begin this morning for our lesson, I want to ask you a question. You hate when the preacher gives you a quiz, but does anybody actually know what this word means, what an octotharp is? I'll admit that when I was researching for this study and began thinking about this lesson, I really didn't have an idea 
You know, you kind of break words down. If you've ever seen the kids on TV who do the, the spelling bees, you know, they're usually asking for the, where the word came from and asking for it to be pronounced, and they're breaking down compound words. And so you already see, if you're familiar with this kind of idea, the, the octo there. You know, we have some octogenarians probably with us today, those who are in their 80s. And so we kind of know that phrase and the idea of eight. Well, an octotharp is something that you are familiar with, and you've already seen it in your bulletin because an octotharp is simply what's known to us as the pound sign or the number sign, or as you see in your bulletin there, sometimes in today's world, it's used as what's been become known as a hashtag. Now, that has to do with social media, and if you're not a part of social media, it's going to be foreign to you, which is why I thought it might be interesting to point out what exactly that is. You may be saying, well, what does this have to do with the Bible? Well, we'll get there in just a minute, but not really a lot other than just kind of beginning our thoughts. Some of you may have seen the bulletin and thought that was a typo. Now, faith has been known to make a typo or two along the way. It's usually the preacher's fault. It's usually the preacher's fault before she gets too mad at me. Uh, but no, that's not a typo. That's meant to be before the word blessed because in today's world, this, this character here has become been used a little bit more in something described as a hashtag. Now, for social media, that began about 14 years ago, and it kind of began as a way to, to keyword things, if you will. That's a phrase maybe you're a little more familiar with, a way to label things or a way to help people with searching, maybe searching for inf information. For instance, I see this a lot on Facebook and, and other places, but a parent, and I'll just use our family for an example, say Hannah says that she's going to put pictures up of our children on Facebook, as she commonly does, and in order to be able to find those in the future, she may use this character and hashtag it with the words Danley. Let's say for the year 2022. She could do that every day or every picture that she puts up through next year. And then in the future, she could go back and search for that particular phrase and all those pictures would come up. So it makes searching, it makes labeling or grouping a little easier. But for us today, we often see that word with this idea of being hashtag, the character hashtag blessed. Now, you probably need to have been on social media to be familiar with this phenomenon, but it is very popular. It's very popular, but maybe, as we want to consider this morning, sometimes it might be a little misused, or maybe we can think about it a little bit differently. You see, a lot of times you find it on social media, and you'll see people who are maybe beautiful people in beautiful places, or you'll see people talking about the things that they have or the, the gifts or the stuff that they have. Or, or you'll very often see athletes. If you can make it out on the screen there, that's a, a football player, someone who says that they are blessed. That's how it is often used. And really it be can become what is also known in today's world as a bit of a humble brag. Now that's another new word, compound word, that people have kind of made up recently with this idea that people are trying to be humble or pretending to be humble, humble, make a modest statement, but really they're kind of drawing attention to themselves. And I think that's the way this is often used on social media, is people will, well, maybe they're, they're kind of saying something, but, but maybe they're just trying to get a little more uh, attention to what's going on with them. Now, I can't tell everybody's intent, and, and I'm not going to say that every person who has ever written the word blessed on social media is trying simply and only to draw attention to themselves, but that may be the case sometimes because some people say, well, I got, a, I got a college scholarship. I'm blessed. I got a raise. I'm blessed. Uh, maybe we've had a great family moment, even as we've thought about the holidays. I am blessed. We might even say that feeling blessed today is, is in vogue. It's something that everybody wants to do. 
a quick look at Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or any of these social media sites will, will tell us that many people today feel blessed. But you can look around and see sometimes it is boasting, maybe it is, maybe it's not, which then maybe brings us to the question, is it wrong? Wait a second, preacher, are you saying that maybe it's wrong for someone to share on social media that they feel blessed or to say that they are blessed? Well, the answer to that would be overall, no. I mean, it's not wrong to say that you are blessed. I appreciate Charles is one Again, as many do, usually ask me what the topic is and, and the songs that maybe would go along with the lesson. I just told them we were going to talk about being blessed. But the Lord has been mindful of me is one of my favorite songs. If I find myself, I used to find myself, of course, driving back and forth from Dunlap to Amnicola, you know, twice a day, five days a week. And if something hits me or, or I, I think about something or something comes on the radio that makes me think about it, that makes me feel blessed, that's usually the first song that comes to my mind. The Lord has been mindful of me. I do feel blessed. So is it wrong to say that? Well, overall, no. But maybe, just maybe as we begin this morning, there are some attitudes to avoid when we think about feeling blessed. Are there some attitudes that maybe we should set aside when it comes to saying that? Well, maybe. Let's consider together. Maybe one of those would be that very often the blessed life is only equal to a successful life. Now, that gets back into social media, and this is not intended excuse me, to be primarily a social media lesson, but that is what happens sometimes, and it's one of the knocks that we sometimes give to social media, that it's only the place that people only share what's best and what's going on. So it's this constant commercial or, or media blitz, if you will, about what everybody has great going on, and nobody ever shares anything that's going wrong. Now, that's not entirely true as well either. People share their good. Some people choose to share their bad. But one trap that we should try to avoid is that, yes, very often, the blessed life is only when things are going great. It's only when things are successful. I've got a loving marriage. I've got great children. I've got a healthy body. I've got a career. I've got financial stability. So I am blessed. Is that what the Bible has to say? We'll come to that in a moment. But I wonder, and I didn't do a search because it probably would be too big for me to do, even just myself, but, but I wonder if this hashtag, hashtag bless, has increased some over the last couple of days or over the last week or so. Because people feel that they're blessed when they have success or they certainly have a lot of things. And is that dangerous? Well, I think so. I don't know that that's what the Bible exactly has to say about it, but maybe that's an attitude that we should avoid. Are we blessed when we have material things? I would say so, and I think you would agree. Is that the only time? Sometimes it's the only time we say it, or we share it, or we give thanks. But that's not the only thing we've noticed this morning. We might notice, secondly, that very often we should avoid that blessings are only equal to righteous living. That blessings are only equal to righteous living. You know, the, this is the trap we try to avoid when we study the book of Job. You may recall in Job chapter 1, verses 9 through 11, Job chapter 1, verses 9 through 11, that Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. Stuff, successful living. Verse 11, but now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. 
This idea is what we fall into sometimes, but we try to avoid when we study the person of Job. Earthly blessings are temporary. I saw even this morning, I think it was just a friend on Facebook, I don't remember exactly now the details of it, but someone shared on social media that they knew of a family member of theirs, and this may have even been a person that I don't really know personally, but a family member of theirs who lost everything overnight in a fire last night. Woke up this morning, lost the family dog, lost all their possessions, their entire house. Earthly blessings are temporary. If you're like us, we enjoyed a great day yesterday. We enjoyed a great time with our family. We exchanged gifts and had those kinds of things, material things, and there's nothing wrong with that on the surface or in and of itself. But We need to remember that our blessings, especially our earthly blessings, are only temporary. You remember in Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 through 45, that Jesus points out in this fundamental teaching, we know the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, some of the, the most fundamental teachings of the, the life of and the, the sermons of Jesus, Matthew 5, 43 through 45, that I say unto you that even the Father in heaven, verse 45, makes his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Earthly blessings are temporary and everyone to some extent, probably enjoys those at various times. Sometimes we have more, sometimes we have less. Certainly there are people who are less fortunate, maybe are homeless for a time or something like that. But we get caught up in this idea of being blessed, and then we say that, well, the blessings I have are equal only to the righteous living. Go back to Job for just a moment. We mentioned Job, and we're not going to study him entirely this morning. But his friends told him that the only reason that God took away those blessings was because he had sinned. Remember, they said, there's a problem, dude. You've done something wrong because now God has punished you. Well, what's the flip side of that? What does that mean? What is that saying? Well, that's saying then that God only gave him those things because he was doing what's right. And when that's not the case, Jesus emphasizes again there in Matthew 5, the rain comes on the just and the unjust. We all enjoy some temporary earthly blessings in fact it's really frustrating to most of us when we see people who live ungodly who are in the movies or maybe play sports or lots of other things who live ungodly who seem a lot more blessed than we are sometimes right that frustrates us because they got enough money they got the big house and clothes and cars and so then we get caught up in this this struggle and these are some attitudes that we must avoid now the question then is what does the bible have to say We talk about this with every single sermon almost, but then what does the Bible have to say about our blessings or our having feeling blessed? Let's take a a brief study of the New Testament, a brief survey, I guess, if you will, maybe the better way of saying it, of the New Testament here, and see about some of these things and how they're pointed out. Remember in Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 through 11, Matthew 5, 3 through 11, that Jesus is giving the Beatitudes here. Now, one thing I'll make mention of, we may get to it in a couple of these verses, is that you often see the word blessed and happy sort of going together, depending on the version you may have. You may see blessed are the poor in Matthew 5, 3. You may also see happy, happy are the poor in Matthew 5, 3. But Jesus says, who does he talk to there? Who's he saying is blessed or happy? Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who are persecuted. For righteousness' sake. Blessed are you when others revile and persecute you. 
You mean not at, at Christmas time? You mean not when I get lots of gifts and things? Blessed are you when they, th- these people revile and persecute you. What about Luke chapter 11 and verse number 28? Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep, keep it. Luke 11 and verse 28. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. What about Romans chapter 4? And verse number 7, and this is a a brief survey, if you will, of the New Testament, some of the teachings of Jesus and also others who would write, including Paul. Romans 4, 7, blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven. James chapter 1 and verse number 12, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. James talks a lot about this, even in other places, but blessed is the man who endures temptation what about first peter i like these two passages first peter chapter 3 and verse number 14 but even if you should suffer for righteousness sake you are blessed or first peter chapter 4 and verse 14 if you are reproached for the name of christ blessed are you now we went through these very quickly and hopefully you got a chance to, to jot them down if you can make them out on the, on the screen there and see them. But what do most of these things have in common? Uh, just a brief survey, six passages that we've mentioned in particular here. But what do these have in common? Might I suggest for you this morning, there is no hint in any of these verses of material prosperity. <clears throat> Pardon me. Might I suggest in these verses, you find nothing that talks about perfect circumstances. Might I suggest that in these passages, and yes, in others, if we had time to look at them, you find poverty, you find trials, you find benefits of being joined with Jesus. You see trouble, you see problems. Peter says, and I pointed those two out, but directly, you should be blessed, count yourself blessed, if you struggle, if you are reproached, if you suffer, you should count yourself blessed. Now, the question then is, is that the message that we see today when people usually share and talk about being blessed? And, of course, the answer is typically no. Again, I don't claim to know every person and every intent. I have no problem with you sharing pictures or ideas of things that go well with you and your family. There's nothing wrong with that. But we just need to be careful that we don't get caught up in this trap or this idea that that's the only time that we are blessed by God. In fact, maybe this brief survey should remind us that the message of the New Testament maybe is that being blessed is receiving God's favor, receiving God's favor regardless of the circumstances. Receiving God's favor regardless of the circumstances. Maybe being blessed is anything that we have in this life that makes us fully satisfied in him or in Christ there's nothing wrong with enjoying our material blessings we're thankful for the jobs that we have excuse me thankful for the opportunities we have to to purchase things and to have things for our family and for our homes there is nothing wrong with that but as Jerry mentioned even in our class this morning we get caught up sometimes in this that little word called idolatry and what becomes an idol to us is anything that takes the place of God and that can certainly be our stuff It can also be our relationships. 
It can also be our children or our spouse or our job or, or anything or, yes, our material possessions or our stuff. So maybe we need to consider that we are blessed when we realize that we receive God's favor regardless of the circumstances. We just recently studied the book of Philippians here in our Bible class on Wednesday night. We talked about Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 13 and other passages there in Philippians 4. And we pointed out the fact that Paul is not saying that I am super successful and I am fully blessed by God. I can do all things that, through Christ who strengthens me just because I'm great or because God helps me when things are good. But Paul talks about how he's had things and how he has lacked things. And in both cases, he feels very blessed. He feels like he can continue to serve God regardless of the circumstances here. So, what about us today? As we begin to kind of make some application for us, what about us today? Well, let me share with you where this lesson kind of came out of. And it was a particular social media post that I saw. And it went like this. When we reflect on our material possessions and we are tempted to say that we are blessed, perhaps we should change that phrase to... Instead of, I'm blessed, I am in a position to bless others. Our hands should never be the final destination for blessings, but simply as a conduit to others. When people are usually saying on social media, I am blessed, they're talking about receiving something themselves. And maybe we would be better benefited by considering that we are a conduit, and maybe I'm not blessed, but I am in a position to bless others. To take whatever it is, whether it's a raise and it's financial prosperity, whether it's a position and now with, with newfound maybe power in a job or the ability to lead, I can help others. Whatever it might be, maybe especially, especially during this time of year when we count our many blessings, when we recognize what we have, we would be better off to recognize that we should have an opportunity to bless others. And that's how we should consider our position. So maybe the better option, as you find in your outline there, if you have your bulletin in front of you, is maybe a better option for us to consider is I'm not blessed, but I am positioned to bless others. Do we usually consider those things in that kind of way? Or do we simply just continue to kind of think about ourselves, which is part of the problem many times with our blessings? As we kind of think about some applications here, number one, I'll give you two, number one would be that. Maybe it's to see that we are, we should just be passing on what we have been given, what we have received. Not just bragging, not just calling attention to what we have, but recognizing that we have an opportunity to pass on to others and to help those who are in need, those who are less fortunate. Maybe those who do not have as much as we do in a physical sense. But maybe, just maybe, we need to pass on to others as well, not just the physical blessings, but the spiritual blessings. If you have your Bible and you're following along, let's go to Ephesians chapter 1 to conclude this lesson. Ephesians chapter 1. Because maybe the, the two application points is, number one, realize that we should be conduits, passing it on to others. But number two, maybe we can realize and say that, yes, we are truly blessed, but we are blessed with what God has given to us spiritually. And Paul here lists three things in particular that we want to touch on for just a moment here as we conclude. Number one, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 3. All spiritual blessings. Paul begins by saying, Blessed 
be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings or with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. We come back to this idea again already of it being, number one, in Christ. But number two, we are thankful, and maybe we should go past the material things and realize that we are blessed because we have all spiritual blessings if we are in Christ. You know, I don't know if you've read Ephesians chapter 1 lately. It's one of those interesting passages to me because if you look down through there, it's a lot of commas, not a lot of periods in our English Bibles, but it's, it's kind of one big thought. And it's broken up a couple times in there. But if you ever have tried to read it, it can get, you can get a little lost maybe if you're not careful. It's one of those passages that you really need to sit down and focus on. Maybe even outline a little bit to help you understand exactly what's going on here, what Paul is saying. But he continues on and points out a few other things. We might notice number two, redemption. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 7. He kind of picks up with the thought here, or at least a new sentence, again in our English Bible. But in him, there's that again. In Christ, we have redemption. Those material things, they don't give us redemption. Those material things, they might make us happy for a little while. I mean, there were a lot of smiles possibly at your house yesterday or with your family as you received gifts, maybe opened up something that you can use here in a temporary sense. But they really can't provide us true happiness. Stuff, and you know what, for that matter, even people here. Even our relationships here, our family and our friends, cannot provide us redemption. It is only in Christ that we have redemption. So are you enjoying that spiritual blessing, being redeemed? That, that set of songs that we sometimes sing that talk about, I'm redeemed. Can you sing that and mean it this morning? Because we have, we have been blessed by redemption in him. But then let's notice thirdly here from verse number 11, we also have an inheritance. It begins the same way. Verse 11, in him also we have obtained an inheritance. Now, this is not the place that he's going to mention it exactly. It's Peter who mentions it later in his epistles. But we know that that inheritance is incorruptible. It is undefiled. That stuff that we receive here, because when you talk about things or being blessed here in physical possessions, you might say, well, I am blessed because I receive an inheritance. Maybe you have already received an inheritance from your family. Maybe you will one day when they pass away. But yes, we receive an inheritance here and can be blessed by physical things. But it's not this kind of inheritance. The kind that's incorruptible, that's undefiled, that does not fade away, that is reserved for us in heaven. That's the inheritance that we're talking about that goes beyond the physical things here that we can put our hands on. Are you blessed this morning? I hope so but not just by having lots of stuff or maybe by having more stuff today than you had yesterday. I hope that you feel blessed, but maybe being or feeling blessed is anything that helps us relinquish the temporal and lay hold of the eternal. Maybe being blessed should be getting, not necessarily even always getting rid of those things. Again, there's nothing, nothing sinful about having things. But being truly blessed should be learning to let go of those earthly things and holding fast to that which is eternal. If you're here this morning and you are not enjoying the spiritual blessings that are found in Christ, why not? 
That is what gives us true peace and comfort as opposed to just having more things in our living room or in our house as we go through these periods of holidays. We can help you even this day to realize what is important to be truly blessed. We put the slides up here on the screen at the end of every sermon just about to remind ourselves of what it means and how we can enjoy all spiritual blessings. And even as Paul pointed out there in Ephesians chapter 1, all spiritual blessings, redemption, and inheritance, they're found in him. You know, I hadn't actually thought about all the songs that Charles had, had picked out in great detail. I'd seen the list already. But it was in singing those songs that I was reminded that we sang a few moments ago. I, in my Savior, am happy and blessed. Did you mean that when you sang it a few moments ago? If not, you can enjoy that this morning by being added to the church, by the Lord, to his church, by doing the things that are listed here on the screen, not just because we list them, but because it's the way that God has made possible salvation. We put it up on the screen, but we always ask you as well to remember that we would study these things with you. If you have questions or want to know more about what it means to become a Christian, to enjoy God's salvation, we want to study with you. And if you're interested in doing that this day, we would gladly talk with you and we'll be singing in just a moment to encourage you. But maybe you have been blessed by these things that are found in Christ, but you've forgotten about them. Once again, just to draw the parallel very quickly to the idea of Christmas and giving gifts. How many things do you find later that you go, oh, I forgot that I even received that? In the same manner, sometimes in the Christian life, we get further down the road from the time that we became a Christian, and maybe we've forgotten in the ways that God has blessed us, spiritually speaking. Maybe we've moved away from those things. We've forgotten about that inheritance. We'll be singing to encourage you as well this morning. If you're a child of God and you stand in need of coming back to him, we are thankful to have the opportunity to walk in the light. That means that we don't go through every day worrying about every single word or every single moment that we slip up, but that we walk in the light as he is in the light. But that also implies that we can move away from that. And if you're here this morning and you're a child of God and you've moved away from the light, you stand in need of prayer. One of our elders will be coming forward to the front in just a moment to, to listen. If you have anything that you'd like to share in a public way to pray with you and for you, we are thankful for this opportunity. We're thankful for the time we've had to be blessed physically over the last few days. But can I suggest to you this morning that what really matters is to be blessed spiritually by being found in Christ. And whether you need to be baptized for the first time for the remission of your sins or come back to him, we'll be singing to encourage you as we stand together and as we sing.